Radio. So yeah, we're going. We're going to Tennessee, and then we're going to come back up through Kentucky, because it's like right through the area that we've been looking at. So we're going to go up through there, and then up through West Virginia, and uh, back that way. Going to go up to West 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 Virginia and see the Mothman. You're just kind of taking a small, little little, little itty bitty detour, a couple hours. It's nothing big. No. But it's... what's <clears throat> ooh. What's going on, everybody? We are back. This is episode 236 of the Dark Windows podcast. He's Kevin. My name is Kevin. And I'm Kevin. And I think I already know what we're talking about. No, you don't. I think we're talking about Peter Curtin Part 2. <laughs> Peter Curtin Part 2. Oh, man. It's kind of weird that we're going to do two shitbag Germans in a row. Because I know I promised Nazi shenanigans. But the Nazi shenanigans I wanted to cover, I can't do until I cover another Nazi, and I don't have time to cover him right now. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to cover a really fucking disgusting person instead, which I think everybody will enjoy. Okay. Um, unless, of course, you uh, <coughs> you know, were in a concentration camp with this person. Then you probably won't enjoy it, but not many of them around anymore. So. Not really? No. no. Not really. No. There could be a few. I'm sure there is, but just, you know, not a lot. Because, I mean, at this point in time, that was fucking almost 100 years ago, so. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, Peter Curtin. Peter Beef Curtains, part two. Yes, Peter's Beef Curtains. Ugh. (laughs) Sounds like the world's worst, like, butcher shop. (laughs) You know it. Peter's Beef Curtains. So, last week. Specializing in roast beef and pastrami. Uh, See, okay, so I typed this up before... I did, forgot to change it because I was like, I'm done. Fuck it. You know? So, well, You're not though, right? Not last week, oh. but the week before. So two okay. weeks ago, because I put it on here last week. Okay. So it's actually two weeks ago. Oh, my God. And yes, it's been two weeks because I've had bronchitis because my body sucks. He's a bitch. Yeah. You know, <laughs> not being able to breathe and going to the hospital for it's pretty fun. Then your, your blood pressure is like elevated would be the way to, way to put it. And then they put you on medication for it. Eh. My, you can get my, my dad gets told it's high, it's high, it's high. And then the last time he was, uh, he went in, it was just, uh, last week they got told, he had told you have low blood pressure. <laughs> uh, I, I'm never going to hear that. It was 211 over 112. So you could, yeah, never, you never know. My that, dad never thought he was going to hear that's high as fuck. Yeah. You know, my dad was never going to thought he was going to hear he had low blood blood pressure and then when i'm sitting in the emergency room in my room waiting for the doctor to come in i can hear an argument outside they start calling code gray which in our local hospital code gray means we need security here immediately um guy was yelling about them stealing his paperwork they've got my paperwork it's right there she's got in her hand fucking bitch stole my paperwork okay cool that settles down and then like five minutes later i can hear the same guy on the other side of the room He's gone past my room and then he's yelling over here. And then he's yelling as he walks back in front of my room, starts yelling over here, stops right outside of my door and starts yelling at the nurse who I'm assuming is trying to do blood work or something. You're not stealing my fucking blood. You fucking cunt. And I'm like, Oh boy. And I grab my little tray that's sitting there and I'm just waiting. Like this guy comes in. I'm a bust him in the fucking head with this. <laughs> then we'll have to steal his blood. Cause I'll give it to him for <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, well, anyway, two weeks ago we left off. With a letter being sent and it not getting to where it was supposed to, to go. Yeah. The letter was, uh, so here, so, here, so everybody forgets. So here's a little recap of where we left off. Fräulein uh, Budlick had uh, indeed remembered the address where she had been taken, vividly recalling the nameplate of uh, uh, Metmanner Strauss, Strauss uh, under the flickering uh, gaslight. And this is the girl that was walking with somebody else who she thought could potentially be the, the, the 
local pervert slash serial killer. And then fucking Peter Curtin comes in like a goddamn snake and is like, oh, no, he's a piece of shit. Come with me. I gotcha. He's got the white. He comes in like a white knight, you know, white knight with a little mustache. You know it. So most crucially, however, um, Maria wrote of her encounter in a letter of uh, the 17th May to one Frau uh, Bruckner. The letter never reached its intended recipient of Frau Bruckner. Uh, it was... Uh, She's too busy scaring the horses to get the mail. <laughs> no, it's Frau Brucke. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, it actually got misdirected. Surprise, surprise, because this is the fucking mail. You know, what year happen. is this? 1940-something. Uh, so this is like slightly pre... Wait, no, he's 40 or 30? Uh, I thought we were in the 30s or something, because I thought this 30s. was like slightly like pre-Nazi yeah, party pre-Nazi coming Nazi on. party. Yeah. So, so like they, 1920s, 1930s, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they, they hadn't really efficient out, you know, efficiented out the government yet. Well, the Nazis came in in 32ish, 33 somewhere in somewhere there. Somewhere like that. Yeah. The I, the, the research coats. that I've been doing for mine, I didn't realize how many different governments there were in Germany between the end of World War Two, uh, World War One, and the beginning of Two. Yeah. There was like 20 different complete yeah. government changeovers. Yeah. It's fucking crazy how anything got done. Yeah, because I mean, in in the last one. <clears throat> um, before Hitler, yeah, they thought that uh, what they were doing was nutso and and just just not good for the country, right? And so Adolf, you know, because he was such a great speaker, went into bars and everything else, and was up on his soapbox. You you want to know how he became such a good speaker? He hired an acting coach. That's how he got got his public speaking is he hired an acting coach and a speechwriter. Then after how he figured out how to write the speeches himself, he got rid of the speechwriter, kept the acting coach for a little bit. Wow. So the letter gets misdirected and it goes to another lady and she opens it. And the lady that it goes to is Frau uh, Brugman. Who uh, took I can see one, the confusion. Yeah, took one look at the contents and called the police. Good call. Now this is where so this is where we left off, and so let's pick up with the letter and what the police would do once it was brought to them. You're reading it in German, right? Yes. Good. I'll, I really want to hear this. Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't have the letter. Der Wiener Schnitzel und Coleman yes. uh, here, uh, Lickensy Where's... Dicken something, maybe. So you don't have the letter? No. God damn it. No, I don't know. <clears throat> um. So Maria uh, Budluck would uh, be located actually after the police read it. Right. Okay. They would locate her, and after uh, you know after reading, reading the letter, she would go into the police station. She'd be questioned by them for a long time, mm-hmm. and after some hesitation, she agreed to lead the chief inspector. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say it's Ganat. Uh, Ganat. But I don't know if it's correct pronunciation. But anyway, he's he's German. Nobody yeah. cares. Um, Hergenat. <laughs> you need a Hergenat if you're going to work behind the line. That's all uh, I know. That's true. <laughs> you don't have that, and fucking, you know, health inspector comes in, he's going to slap your dick. Very true. Which you shouldn't have out either because you're on the line. So, mm-hmm. so uh, he would lead her. She would lead him into a hallway of number seventy-one. Uh, Met Manor Strauss. The police would get the landlady to actually let them in to the apartment. Now, I'm guessing the reason for this was because they tried to knock on the door and no one answered. Right. Um, they would go into the apartment, which was empty. Uh, Budluck apparent, uh, immediately recognized it and was soon established that a man by the name of Peter Curtin uh, occupied the premises. That's from you know they they got this from the landlady right. You know, hey, who, well, obviously who, she has to know who's there. Yeah, you know <clears throat> who's no. fucking Deutschmark she's taken. <laughs> yes, by the wheelbarrow full. I think after World War One, for bread and shit. Yeah, because they weren't worth fuck all. It wasn't worth the paper it was printed on. Sounds familiar. So while at the house, Fräulein uh, Budluck encountered even more conclusive proof when her attacker actually entered the house. Well, the cops are there. Yes. 
nice. and began climbing the stairs towards her. He looked briefly startled, but uh, carried on to his room and shut the door behind him. A few min- moments later, he left the house with his hat pulled down over his eyes, mm. past the plain two clothes um, men standing in the street, and disappeared around the corner. They didn't even fucking stop him. Nope. Um, I, I don't ever want to hear another podcast talk about how inept the police here are. No. Because, like, this fucking dude walked by them twice. Twice. Exactly. And they're like, oh, well, I mean, he maybe fits the description. Ah, fuck it. He's not but, actively drooling blood, so it's fine. But, she technically, but he technically didn't, like, really do much wrong, sort of. I mean, he did. I remember what happened last time. I'm okay. pretty sure he did. All right. I mean, I'm not sure where, you, where your morals stand, but like rape and murder are kind of not high on my list of well, he, redeemable qualities in a person. Okay, maybe he did rape her. Uh, he uh, sure did. So now after Curtin, uh, no, so so after this encounter, Curtin, um, with with uh, Budlik and the police, he ultimately knew that he would be caught. And so, unlike many of the individuals that we have talked about on this show, um. He would spill his beans. Well, or his guts, so to speak. Yep. I mean, the only other one that came to mind when I thought, when, you know, thinking about this now was like quick to come clean would have been Israel Keys. Yeah, he didn't really fuck around much. He's no. like, oh no, yeah, you got me. Sorry. Yeah, he was like, oops, and then laughed yeah. the whole thing. Oh, then he fucking slept in that interview room for like an hour before yeah. the whole thing started. Like a goddamn lizard with his eyes open. Ugh. Mm. I'm so glad he killed himself. I mean, I wish... I don't I don't like the idea of the government having the authority to kill people, but I really wish that somebody else could have killed him instead. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, if, he, if he'd waited a couple years, because he was in Alaska, if they could have sent him back to Alaska and Jason Vukovic could have gotten a hold of him, the guy that beat all those pedos up with a hammer, oh, dude, he'd have fucked his day up in jail. Hmm. Yeah, probably great. Just beat his beat his dick in with a hammer. So, uh, unlike Keys or anybody else that we've discussed on the show, he actually comes clean to his wife. Another one that actually came clean pretty fucking quick once they got him in was Jeffrey Dahmer. We haven't covered him on the show. No, but he was like, yeah, you got me. Sorta, kinda. Barrel of dicks and all, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, well, the, I mean, he was kind of caught red-handed too. Right, right. But pretty much with his dick in his hand. Right. Or a dick. somebody else's dick in his hand. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're not sure which one, but there was, it was a separate one. Yeah. When you're when you're making hand job soup on the on the fucking stove when they come in, you're you're kind of, you know, yeah, I mean, you're in trouble. You're yeah. in trouble. You're, you're not allowed to have that many dicks boiling at once with hands in it. That's true. You know, that's there's true. regulations for a reason. They're, that's very true. They're not USDA certified penises. Nope. They're just. Free range organic cocks that he's found elsewhere. Oh, what a what a dick! Literally, yes. So, um, he would tell his wife what happened. And now, as the attempt at sexual intercourse could be considered as rape, along with his previous convictions, Curtin asserted that it uh, could be enough to ensure fifteen years uh, penal servitude. And it says, Not enough. And this is this is a quote from him. Quote, throughout the night, I, I walked about. On Thursday, the 22nd of May, I saw my wife in the morning in the flat and and so fetched my things away in a bag and rented a room in the uh, Alderstrasse. I slept quietly until Friday morning. So, you know, he kind of thought about it beforehand. Yeah. Now, up until uh, Budluk being a willing witness to talk about what happened to her and being uh, leading the police to the place where she had her encounter, Curtin had not been a suspect at all. Right. Okay. Because uh, there's was... so many other people in the area that match the description. Yeah. Of a weird, frumpy white dude with a mustache. Yep. It's fucking Germany in the 20s. Of course. They were all weird, frumpy white dudes with mustaches. Yes. Even the women. So. You're trying to tell me that this woman that, that he accosted didn't have, like, at least a little bit of, like, Maybe. peach fuzz? Come on. Possibly. No, no she did. Yeah, it could have happened. She had a lot of arm hair, at least. Uh, yeah. Well, he w- he wasn't a suspect and not even considered to be the vampire. Which is weird. Okay. 
Um, his only crime was suspected rape, but he knew now that there was no longer any hope for concealing his identity. Peter Curtin described the sequence of events on Friday, the 23rd of May, in, in writing. He said, quote, Today, the 23rd in the morning, I told my wife that I was uh, also responsible for the Schultz affair, uh, adding my usual remark that it would mean 10 years or more separation for us, probably forever. At that, my wife was inconsolable. Uh, you, yeah, you just told her that you fucking raped and murdered a woman. She spoke of unemployment, lack of uh, means, and starvation in old age. She raved that I could, uh, that I should take my life. Then she would do the same, since Jesus. her future was completely without oh. hope. That's fucking dark. You know what you should do instead? You should fucking kill yourself. Then I can kill myself, too. Yeah. That's fucked, dude. Can you imagine putting somebody in that situation? That's insane. Because you're basically making it so that she would die anyway. Because... Yeah, because you're a fucking ghoul, just like yeah. roaming the streets. Uh, it continues on. Then in the afternoon, I told my wife that I could help her. Help her kill herself? No. Oh. So Peter would then tell his wife that he was the infamous Dusseldorf vampire and disclosed every murder to her. Curtin then hinted that a high reward had been offered. This is his helping her. <sighs> offered for the discovery of the criminal and that she could get hold of, a, of, a, of that prize if she could report the confession and denounce him to the police. Hmm. He would say that uh, this about telling his wife, quote, of course, it wasn't easy for me to convince her that this ought not to be considered treason, but that on the contrary, she was doing a good deed to humanity as well as uh, to justice. It was not until late in the evening that she promised to carry out my request and also that she would... Uh, not commit suicide. It was eleven o'clock when she separated. When we separated, back in my lodging, I went to bed and fell asleep at once. So this guy's fucking like he, a stone cold fucking. He can he compartmentalizes stuff. He's like, oh, I got that off my chest. Time to go to sleep. Yeah, out. Yep. Lights it's out, the, London. It's the lizard brain that kicks in because you have no remorse for anything you've done. No. The only emotion that you're showing, the only connection that you're showing is that you're going to let your wife turn you in so she doesn't starve to death and kill herself. Mm -hmm. You're a fucking monster. Like, the other one that this reminds me of is um, the Beast of uh, Jersey. Because he kind of did the same thing. He just like, poof, gone, whatever. I'm not going to drag my wife into this, but except he didn't tell her, but. The fact that he got to die a free man still makes me angry because scum. Hmm. So on May 24th, 1930, uh, Frau Curtin told the, the, the story to the police, adding that she had arranged to meet her husband outside uh, St. Rauch's Church at 3 o'clock that afternoon. By that time, the whole area had been surrounded and four officers rushed forward with loaded revolvers the moment Peter Curtin appeared. Uh, he would smile and offer no resistance. He would That's say to the police, quote, there is no need to be afraid. I, there kind of is, though, because you are a drooling maniac yeah. that has killed people. Once arrested, uh, Peter spoke with remarkable frankness to Professor Karl Berg, an eminent uh, German psychologist, who was later to write the most uh, comprehensive guide to the career of Peter Curtin in a book, Entitled The Sadist. Okay, yeah, that's a pretty accurate title, I'd say. Mm. Berg was simp uh, supremely successful in winning the prisoner's confidence and provided a fascinating insight into the mind of a killer. Curtin's uh, memory functioned with a the most with a most extraordinary clarity, and the vividness with which he preserved the details of each crime gives us a measure of of gratification of the act. Now, I got that uh, <clears throat> directly from a, a book that, because the guy was like, you know, who actually got that from uh, the right. professor. Okay. Right. Um, when Curtin dealt the mat with matters that had no emotional value for him, his memory was often highly defective and flawed. Makes sense. Of course. It's just not 
he doesn't remember it because it's not important. Yeah. Again, it's the compartmentalizing thing. Yep. It's that's not important. We can get rid of that. Yeah, don't need it. It's like the, uh, Dreamcatcher, going through the files. You're like, yeah, yeah just throwing shit. Like, I don't need this, this, that. You know. I do that all the time. I have to, except it's usually with math because it's not that important anymore. I I, I just, get a calculator. Yeah, I mean, there's things that you know in life. I'm like, yeah, don't need it. I mean, the guy guys that guy I work with like, they don't remember X Y. I go no. I don't. I remember it's every not... fucking episode of this we've done. I don't. And I can tell you, like, if you were to pull up somebody and be like, hey, have we done this? Nope. We done this? Yeah, we did this back then. And Solving for X? I don't fucking think so. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certain ones I remember, but it's just, you know, after so long, I can only remember so many. And I am just kind of go, okay, I got I to gotta, I gotta throw out something, some <laughs> little bits. You know, and I and and it's like it'll work. I can't I can't keep everything in because I just can't do it. Yeah, you expect me to remember what I quoted for who? No, no, oh, no fucking know, chance, dude. That's yeah. why we print it out. Yeah, so you can look you want, through the paperwork. You want me to remember? You know, uh, what this person said the last time we were here, or how we handled x y or z unless um, it was memorable then i'm not gonna remember that yeah like unless this person came out of here in their underwear swinging a knife i'm not gonna remember what the fuck happened here so uh so curtain actually claimed 79 individual acts of crime in all and went to into great lengths of to convince the authorities of his guilt perhaps in the hope of his full uh cooperation would ensure the maximum financial benefit for his wife right so, um, so every single case was dictated to the stenographer, and Curtin even showed enjoyment at the horrified faces of many police officers. That doesn't that, surprise me. That listened to his shocking uh, recital of the whole thing. Oh yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. These the kind of people relish. He, he's the same. He's the kind of guy that if someone was missing and he made them missing, he would join the search party. Yeah. And he would walk right by there, and as soon as he walked by where it happened, he'd be smiling. Well, this is the same guy. the same motherfuckers that show up to crime scenes that they caused and just watch. Well, that's what he did. Yeah, exactly. It's, he, he showed up and was like, ooh, hey, look. This or is, or the, was in This a, is a show just for me. I did this. I'm he, putting the play on. He was in, uh, what was it, a coffee shop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and heard people, like, discussing it. And oh, yeah. they were all fearful, and he was like, Oh, and he probably got a, he got a little woody with that probably. one. It's like, ooh, ooh, oh, yeah. and a tingle. Um, uh, oh, shit, hold on. We're talking okay. about erections or something. So the fullness and accuracy of uh, the disclosure naturally uh, awoke doubts as to uh, its veracity. And uh, yeah, aside from the occasional and perhaps understandable mis- mistruth, the vast majority of his uh, salient statements were ad- – uh, adhered to in discussions with the examining administration and later with uh, Professor Berg. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they were kind of like, oh, this is... He knows too much. Yeah. So he might be making it up. And then, uh, probably not. Uh, probably not. Yeah. Because cur- if he knows details that are not being put out to the public, that's yeah. when you know you got your guy. Curtin himself uh, recognized the obvious uh, skepticism regarding his confession and consequently took time to describe each crime as precisely as possible to Berg. Yeah. He said, quote, It is very easy to describe crimes one one has not committed. One could uh, scarcely credit it with a confession, could be founded on very full newspaper reports, and yet be simply an, an, uh, an invention. To that extent... I quite understand your doubts, Professor. <laughs> yeah. So he's, I mean. But if he's given details out that no, that the public doesn't know, that the police would know about these crime scenes and stuff. Yeah. He's not making that up. No. He he clearly was there, if that's the case. And that's kind of like what he's saying. Yeah. Is, you know. Ted Bundy did the same shit, where they're like, oh, he's making it up. And he's like, no, I'm telling you exactly where you can find what. I'm telling you exactly where I mm-hmm. did what. A lot of them do that, and they're like, ah. Then you have guys like, uh, uh, fuck, what was his name? <sighs> Henry Lee Lucas with his lazy eye. I was just taking fucking credit for every murder from one side of the country to the other. 
And even though he had no information about any of them and they tried him, they charged him with a bunch of them just so they could close them, even though he had no actual fucking proof that he was involved with it. Yeah. But then there was other ones where he's giving him very good detail about what's going on that they're like, eh, I don't know. And like, if you're, you're getting that much fucking detail, he was there. He knows why it was like this because he did it like that. Or you, you know? get somebody like, you know, Keys, who was like, well, you know, you possibly could find them here. Yeah, because he was a cock anyway, though. You know, and, and I don't know. I, I was told by somebody recently, this girl I work with, that they said that, what was it? I don't know if maybe we talked about this on the, the podcast. I mean, it was so long ago that. We were in they, double digits when we did Israel Keys. I know. Whew. Early uh, double digits, yeah. like bef- like pre twenty. Uh, I think it was like fourteen and fifteen or fifteen Maybe. and sixteen. Um, like that, that they had possibly found bones, which they thought it was the two people. I'm like, uh, I don't remember that. No, I don't think that happened. I don't remember. I mean, did they find human remains in a dump somewhere in Vermont? Probably. Was it them? I doubt it. Yeah, I don't know. It was more likely fucking junkies that had passed out in dumpsters somewhere in Burlington that just got swept up. Yeah, you know. Uh, so Curtin's overriding motivation to explain his wrongs was not as one might expect a feeling of guilt and repentance, uh, but simply to secure the lucrative future for his wife. Yeah. The consistently high regard paid to Frau Curtin throughout the ordeal is one of the most fascinating aspects of the account and contradicts much of what we know about Curtin's persona. I think he actually did love his wife, and yeah. I think that's why he went the way he did. Yeah. He didn't want her to die. Right. He didn't want her to, or, well, he didn't want her to end up in the shitter. Right. But so he didn't speak. love her enough to not rape and kill a bunch of women, but he loved her enough to make sure that she was going to be taken care of after he was gone. Yes. Which is romantic and fucked up all in the same sentence. True. Yeah. Kind of like an oxymoron. Yeah. It's, it's fucked. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, so even though, even though unfaithful throughout his marriage, Curtin was still exceptionally fond of his wife, and was desperate to ensure a, a substantial reward for her future. Saying, and she had this to say about it: "Quote: I had already finished with my my life when I first knew the police were on my trail. I wanted to fix up. Uh, I wanted to fix up for my for my wife a careful old age." For she is entitled to a at least a part of the reward. That is why I entered a plea of guilty, a plea of guilty, to all the crimes. Yep. So she she deserves compensation for my actions. Yeah. Well, not really, but you deserve to die for your actions. That's the compensation that we're willing to offer you. Yeah. Uh, you know, a fucking nine millimeter Luger round in the back of the head. On a Luger. Yeah. Right in the base of the skull would probably be the best spot, I would think. Because at least if you don't kill him, you're going to paralyze him. True. But that, that's not what he gets, though. No. No. Or the Russian way. Uh. Let's pull the ear to one side and clack right mm-hmm. there. and That's it. So charged with a total of nine murders and seven attempted murders, the trial of Dusseldorf Vampire opened on the 13th of April of 1931. A special... Oh. Oh, he's not going to get shot. No. Oh, that's right. Because no. they were still using that motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm excited. So a special shoulder-high cage uh, had been built inside the courtroom to prevent his escape. And behind it was arranged some of the grisly uh, exhibits of curtains of the Curtain Museum. So hold on. They, they, they made a cage that he sat in mm-hmm. that went up to his shoulders, but his head could pop out. Uh, I'm assuming that's what it sounds like. Like the fucking anti anti shoulder high cage. Yeah, so I mean, he, his head was out, but they basically made it so that like he he was sitting in it. That's so, the like, weirdest he thing I've ever out. heard. It's it, it's like a like the Iron Maiden almost, but with no head. True. That's that's odd. Yeah. Either that or they're just like we're gonna make it short. And we're gonna have to crank your head to the side because you're a piece of shit. <clears throat> so probably had his dumb head popping out of it though. So in this museum of of exhibit, there lay skulls of victims and body parts, displaying the in uh, 
injuries inflicted by the killer. Gross. Each meticulously present uh, presented in a chronological fashion. There was knives, ropes, scissors, and a hammer were on uh, sh- were on show, along with many articles of clothing and a spade he had used to bury a woman. And you know his fucking eyes lit up as soon as he saw all that stuff. He's like, oh, yeah. he found my stuff. Exactly. Cool. When do I get it back? <laughs> it was indeed a gruesome ex- exhibition. The initial shock to the crowd, however, came with the physical appearance of the monster yeah. dressed in an immaculate suit and with sleek, neatly parted hair. Curtin uh, had the look of a prim and proper businessman. which he looked like you, a fucking insurance salesman. Yeah, when you saw pictures of him, I mean, he kind of did. Yeah. You know? Uh, speaking in a quiet, uh, matter-of-fact voice, he initially uh, denied his early, his early confession and presented a not-guilty plea to the <sighs> examining magistrate. He had said... Uh, he had, he said, confessed to the crimes on the first ac- uh, first occasion only to secure the reward for of his, for his wife. Even so now he's recanting his statement because yes. his wife got the money. Yeah. Even Fuck though this guy. thoroughly uh, persistent, Curtin was eventually broken down by the examining magistrate and after a trying two months reverted to his original in full confession. What the fuck, dude? Get, well, figure it out. Jesus. Uh, the ample the amplification of the crimes was more monstrous than anyone uh, had imagined. Yet the most brilliant doctors in Germany testified that Curtin had been quote perfectly responsible uh, for his actions at all times. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. His motive was. Made clear from the start, he wanted to revenge himself on society for the wrongs he had suffered in prison. No, no, he he was messed up from a young age, and this was just a continuation of it. Exactly, yeah. and I don't think he was was from prison at all. No, it, it's from it from growing up having sex with animals because that's what he was doing, and he, just being a general pervert and stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, there's. You can't blame fucking jail for everything, no. you know. Uh, in answer to the judge question, judge's question as to whether he had uh, a conscience, Curtin replied, "Quote: I have none. Never have I felt any misgiving in my soul. Never did I think to myself that what I did was bad, even though a human society condemns it. My blood and the blood of my victims." will be on the heads of my torturers. There must be a higher being who gave me, who gave in the first place, the first vital spark to life. That higher being would deem my actions good since I avenged injustice. The punishments I have suffered have destroyed all my feelings as a human being. That was why I had no pity for my victims. So you quote. may as well have just said, I'm a sociopath and ended the sentence there because that's exactly what yeah. he just said. Just exactly. in a lot more words. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he, he no remorse, no feeling. I didn't do anything wrong. He's a sociopath. Plain and simple. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. if there's a God, basically what he's trying to say, I guess if there's if there's a God, he's the one that did it because, you know, it's it's up to him. I'm not saying that God. No, but it. he's okay with it. He's because okay he with ma- it. He made me in his image. And his image is that of a mustachioed fucking maniac drinking people's blood and shit. Well, it's okay that, you know, I do what I did because fuck it, right? Yep. Because, I mean, you know, he, he you know, he says what, oh, well, he doesn't say do one to others as they do one right. to you, but. You know, sticks and stones type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, his feeling is that, you know, he he was okay. His his creator or his super-powered being was okay. Yeah. We're going to finish this fucking piece of shit off. This donkey turd. So the court became hypnotized with the dramatic extent of the revelations. The killer at one point. Just, now, I have to say... 
Um, I actually found uh, the whole thing of uh, of his court trial. So I'm kind of this is this is basically all from that. Okay. Um, just just so everybody knows, this isn't you know me writing verbatim. I was like, why why should I have to? Why why rewrite it when right. it's you know no, it makes sense. kind of somebody transcribing yeah. it and everything. See that that part's okay, like stuff like that. But like, what bothers me is when people do that with their whole fucking thing. Yeah, where they're just like, oh, Wikipedia. No, throw it on. No, no. This this kind of shit makes perfect sense. Why rewrite a yeah. transcript when it's already there? I I feel I I'm like you know figured hey full disclosure you know nobody's upset about that um so anyway the court became hypnotized with the dramatic extent of the revelations the killer at one point describing his thoughts on how to cause accidents involving thousands of people with no modicum of Mm self-restraint he said quote i derived the sort of pleasure from these uh visions that other people would get from thinking about a naked woman. End quote. Okay. Curtin went on to narrate the details of his killing. Each individual incident presented in a manner of such organization and efficiency never before seen. The confession was indeed so damning that the prosecution barely bothered to present any evidence. The defendant's counsel, Dr. Uh, Viner had the hopeless task of trying to prove insanity in the defense in the yeah. face of unbreakable evidence from many uh, distinguished psychiatrists. Yeah, it's not happening. Yeah. He said, quote, The man Curtin is a riddle to me. I cannot solve it. The criminal uh, Harmon only killed men. Landrew and Grossman only women. But Peter killed men, women, children, and animals. Yep. Killing anything he found. Yep. Indiscriminately. Yeah. And you can only imagine that he is probably sexually assaulting <laughs> the bejesus out of all of them, too. Mm-hmm. Because that was also part of his thing. Or it didn't matter. It was just it's you know, a nuts a nut. Oh, yeah. As gross as that is. Uh, the jury took only one and a half hours that to may, reach a unanimous verdict. That may still be too long. I don't think you need an hour and a half for that. I mean, that's like a 30-minute thing. Well, I We'll mean, order food. By the time we're done figuring this out, it'll be ready, and we'll be out of here. Well, I mean, an hour and a half. Well, the thing is, and it, I've been on a jury, and... Not for something like that, though. I mean, that's pretty... Yeah, but you still have to figure out, okay, you have to vote on who's going to be um, the person that is going to um, represent the group. I thought that was assigned. Nope. Nope, you have to vote on it. Um, Well, at least now it is. Maybe it's, it could be assigned then. Okay. So the, the time frame sounded familiar, but I was, I was off by a little bit. So with John Wayne Gacy, it took an hour and 50 minutes. Mm. So slightly longer than this scumbag. Well, this guy was before John Wayne Gacy. That's what Gacy. I'm saying. Unless you account for inflation, then it took way longer for Gacy. Um. Because he was a big fat fuck, you know what I mean? So his verdict was, surprise, surprise, guilty on all counts. No way. Yes. He did it? I know. Son of a bitch. I know. I never would have thought that. The Let's... presiding judge, Dr. Rose, in uh, interpreted the continuing self-righteous ramblings of the defendant to sentence him to death nine times. Okay. I don't know how you're going to kill him nine times, but... I mean, to... dismemberment's always an option. True. So Curtin behaved in a uh, dignified fashion and did not challenge the judgment, nor feigned any remorse. He did, however, note every discrepancy in the accounts of the witnesses and also <sighs> protested against the observations of the experts. Experts, not experts. experts. I don't know what an expert is. <laughs> Me, I don't know either. I've never heard of an expert. But Neither okay. have I. Until just now. Mm. <clears throat> so... He was saying that they, which that they weren't right, in his opinion, wholly accurate. weren't wholly accurate. Well, on I the, mean, on July second, nineteen thirty-two, the Dusseldorf uh, vampire went to his death at the guillotine erected in the yard of the uh, Klingpultz, uh, Klingputz prison, 
Curtin expressed his uh, last earthly desire on the way to the yard. Tell me, he asked the prison psychiatrist, quote, after my head has dropped off, will I still be able to hear at least for a moment the sound of my blood gushing from the stump of my neck? Yeah. He savored this thought for a while and then added, that would be the pleasure to end all pleasures. Yeah. Mental boner is what that is. Yes. Dude's a fucking freak. So now while doing the research for this, I found something that I wanted to share with everyone. Uh, so I'm going to actually read it directly from the source. Oh, yeah, by the way, then he had his head chopped off by the guillotine. I, that's how the thing works. It's, yes. It'd be way better if it wasn't sharp. It was just a giant, super heavy metal blade that just... They dropped it and it just smashed his head off. Mm. Like when you get a decapitation animation in Skyrim with a hammer, uh-huh. like that instead uh-huh. of an axe, that'd be great. Uh-huh. Like literally blow his head off with a like a, a blunt object. I'd been way cooler with that. Yes. But sure. unfortunately, they put just enough weight on there and they make it just sharp enough that it kind of generally will go through with one shot. There's some people that definitely took more than two or three with the guillotine. Well, I mean, those depends on how much they sharpened it. Right. Right. You know, I mean, not everyone says that they, you know, I mean, everyone, not everyone's like, you know, was it Marie Antoinette? And before yeah, she let them eat her... my ass and then they dropped it on her. No, she said, let them eat cake. What did I just say? Thick bitch. <laughs> well, cake has nothing to do with a cake cake. You know well, that, right? Yes. I, I was, it's this neat thing called making a joke. That was what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't actually know that. Yeah. What that actually yeah. meant until I had a professor tell me that he was like, "No." He's like, "No," because everybody's like, "Oh, they let them eat cake." They all. We all thought that it was <coughs> hey, fucking birthday cake. Let them eat, you know, actual cake. No, cake at that time was the meaning for the bottom of a cake, like the yeah. burnt on shit to the the part of the cake that I like. Yeah, on the pan. So you got to cut off to level the cake. Then you can like steal some of the frosting and you make a little cake sandwich. That's my favorite no, no, part. No, no, no. This I is know what you're the talking about. The pan. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, let them eat the bottom. <clears throat> let them eat my ass. Yeah. See. Okay. Full sure. circle. Sure. <laughs> uh, psycho psychoanalysts declare uh, that the criminal dif- differs from the man who adjusts himself to society in that he fails to supplement the aggressive pr- uh, primitive. Our, our urges this actions these actions are motivated these actions are motivated by the wounds inflicted upon him in, uh, by injustice injustice there can be no doubt that curtain him <coughs> wow there can be no doubt that curtain suffered harshly in prison and in this way he obtained the subject matter for an uh, easy later uh, easy later uh, rationalization. Quote, so I said to myself in my youthful way, you just wait, you pack of scoundrels. That was more or less the kind of retaliation or revenge idea. For example, I kill someone who is innocent and not responsible for the fact that I had been badly treated. But if there uh, is such a thing on this earth as uh, compensating justice, then... My tormentors must feel it, <clears throat> even if they do not know what I have done to uh, that I have done it. Did any of that actually make sense? It didn't yeah. really make a lot of sense. Yeah, like so, it's your guy's fault that you're gonna have to kill me because I did something that I thought was okay. No, 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 no. I kill someone who's innocent yeah. and not responsible for the fact that I had been badly treated. But if there really is such a thing on this earth as compensating justice, then my tormentors must feel it. Oh, okay. So basically, okay. basically, I'm killing someone because of what they did to me, right. even though, really. So they're going to feel the same thing I felt when I was killing innocent people. Yes. Except or well, they're no, not. No, no, no. They're going to realize. No, my. My victims are going to feel the same thing that I had to feel 
Oh, when I, yeah. So we're just transferring our our emotion and yes, pain to somebody else. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what they're doing to me when they execute me too, because I'm actually the victim. Yes, the whole time it's been me. So this idea of vengeance and atonement is in Curtin's case rooted in sadism and is a mask for sexual uh, feeling. Even though studied by analysts in prison, these factors never seem to come to the uh, forefront of the evaluation. A base. A basic prison diagnosis of sadism in the patient would have uh, saved many lives, but Curtin was instead free to see his crimes as justification for the brutality witnessed throughout his life. He felt credit for regret for the innocent victims, but never showed any remorse for no, his didn't. actions. He didn't feel any of those things. He didn't feel regret or remorse for anything that he did. He said, quote, how could I do so? After all, I had to fulfill my mission. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Curtin thought uh, a lot about himself and reached a far, uh, fair degree of self-recognition. Uh, he was aware of his fatal sadistic uh, propensity, but always explained this due to heredity and his upbringing, which is kind of sort of correct his, about his upbringing. 60-40. <clears throat> I'm gonna say, yeah. I'm gonna say like a little bit less than that. Go back, go back to the old, the old Rudy Sanchez thing from the Joe uh, Joe Ledger series. You have nature, nurture, and choice. Some of that, the he, that some of the things he did here, yes, were the fault of his parents and whoever. Then he still made a choice with the rest of it. He did. He made a choice for. A majority of it, right? Like, so it's it's not all. You can't just say it's all nature. It's I'm in say my like nature. No, it's not all. Eighty twenty, maybe yeah. even maybe ninety ten. Yeah, it's not it's not all nature, and it's not all, you know, because of what happened to you. It's you made a choice. You continue to make a choice to do this. He chose to, I mean, to move out of his place. He yep. left, which was a good move because he was getting the shit kicked out of him. Which, yep, you know, bad. But then he chose to. Before he moved out, kill and, and rape animals. Yep. You know, have sex with them. And then he chose to switch that over while to in people. prison to people. Yep. To men, women, whatever. Yep. And then, and then kept wanting to go back into prison to perfect this. Yep. And then he chose, made a choice every time he went out to find a victim. Exactly. Like, yeah, maybe there is some, like, mental instability there that drives you to go out and do this. You still have to choose to do it. You know? (laughs) Exactly. It's the gun control argument. Like, yes, the nature of a gun is to shoot things. It takes someone to make a choice to walk into a school with it. Yeah. You know? It's not in the gun's nature to do it itself. It's not necessarily in the person's nature to do it. They make a choice to do it. You know, uh-huh. um, there were a number of occasions, however, that when Curtin seems to have recognized his evil nature and made it clear to a victim in doing so, almost apologizing for his unnecessary actions. Yeah, OK. This is highly unusual for lust killers of Peter's type who are normally in, uh, entirely convinced of their motives for atonement. Yeah. Also, interestingly, when considering all the uh, psychopathic tendencies uh, exhibited by Curtin, it is it is that his inclination to lie and deceive was supremely cultivated, and the mask of a uh, respectable citizen was scarcely pre- uh, penetrable. Yeah, his calm assurance allowed him. Uh, to time his attacks perfectly and then to move off swiftly into the night. Yeah. Yet the most puzzling characteristic of Curtin is the immense lo- uh, loyalty shown to his wife, like we were talking. Yep, absolutely. For his for this killer, the infidelity of assaulting assaults weighed more heavily than the blood uh, bloody murder. A baffling character, Frau Curtin uh, exhibited great humility throughout her married life and saw the bad times with Peter as punishment for her sinful former existence. 
As much as Curtin himself disrespected women, he seems to have understood the this devotion and once uh, commented, quote, My relations with my wife were always good. I did not love her in the sensual way, but because of my ab- admiration for her fine character. Yeah, he's got a little bit of BTK there. Where yeah. like, there's the monster and then there's the family man. Yep. You know? And he can separate the two. Fucking, well, John Wayne Gacy to a lesser extent because he was a, he wasn't ever really good with anyone he was in relationships with. But like fucking Dennis Rader and his wife were married for like 30 years before. Yeah. You know, he went to trial and she's like, ah, no. And they changed, she heard her kids change the names and skedaddled out of Kansas. Well, I mean. (coughs) Not that you can blame him. uh, uh, Bundy. Bundy had a had a marriage, yeah, but not like not like that though. I mean, like it wasn't a long time, right? You know, and that's what I'm saying is like fucking BTK and his wife were married for a long time. Yeah. I mean, because Bundy just kind of was like, eh, I can't, I can't deal with it. She's cover. Yeah, that's all she was, she was cover. I mean, how could I kill all these women that look just like the woman I'm married to? That was that doesn't make any sense at all, does it? No, no, does it? I mean, maybe a little bit, but not really. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> Was it perhaps that Curtin loved his wife or uh, for her preoccupation with the concept of redemption, an emotion that he seems incapable of displaying? Possibly. Maybe, yeah. Maybe if others had uh, uh, provided him with more than crude sexual gratification, a selflessness and uh, self-efficacy of love, no, uh, Peter Curtin would have not turned out quite the way he did. Uh, I don't agree with that. I no, mean, no, he, he was he was broken from the get go. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's no fixing that kind yeah. of that level of broken person. Well, I mean, well, maybe, maybe I guess in this scenario, what they're talking about is if his dad hadn't been a dickhead. Oh, absolutely. And not raped his mom in front of him and his siblings, and then beat the shit out of him and his siblings yep and then raped his sister maybe he could have possibly could have maybe been normal maybe. but at the same time just because he you know even if his father hadn't done all that stuff in front of him there's still the hereditary effect of it where he probably still would have been a fucking monster to this level maybe not maybe he would have just been an abusive piece of shit to beat you know, beat his wife and kids yeah not saying that that's an okay thing, no. But comparatively, not awful. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's you know you're obviously you're comparing being shot to being stabbed. Neither exactly. is a good outcome, but eh, one's a little bit better than the other. I'd personally <laughs> rather get shot than stabbed. Uh, it is however all pure conjecture. There will always remain the problem of the genius of Curtin's sadistic uh, perversions, and we have. And we, as analysts of true crime, will never know the full truth. One may advance a number of hereditary, uh, I'm sorry, not hereditary, heredity and emotional factors, and yet still be without a convincing explanation to the psychological riddle he presents. Right. Uh, Godwin once stated that, quote, love is the gateway of life, as hate is the way of death. And it was curtain... Uh, tragedy that he died without discovering his eternal truth. End quote. Fuck you. Eternal truth. Get the fuck out of here. He was a monster. He was a piece of shit and he got what he deserved. Exactly. Eternal truth. My nuts. So whatever the answer may uh, be to the great enigma that was Peter Curtin, perhaps it is fitting to leave the final words of the analysis to the killer himself. This is a final quote from him. As I know, as I now see the crimes committed by me, there are, are they are so ghastly that I did not want to attempt any sort of excuse for them. I am prepared to bear the consequences of my misdeeds, and I hope that thus I will atone for a large part of what I have done. And w- when you consider my execution and the recognition 
uh, my goodwill to atone for all my crimes, I should think that the terrible desire for revenge and hatred against me cannot endure. Right. And I want to ask you to forgive me. No, fuck you, die. Yeah. Um, so that... Did you ever see anything about his head being split open afterwards? No. So apparently after he was decapitated, they... Oh, well, yeah, they studied his brain. They mummified his head? Yeah. And they split that bitch open like a ripe melon. That's fucked. Yeah, they studied him. I'm totally sharing that picture onto the page. That's pretty fucking gross. I'm not going to lie. Um... I mean, could it have happened to a nicer person? No. Do I feel bad that they cracked his head open like an egg afterwards? No. It's kind of gross to look at, though. Uh-huh. But, dang, dude. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... Uh... Yeah, he, I, I would I would say uh, top ten piece of shit. Yeah, yeah top ten. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying, like, low top ten, probably, like, six. We've, we've covered some, some scumbags here, and he's mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, I still... I still Stand fast that Edward Pasnell is possibly the worst person we've ever talked about. Um, who's the beast of the beast of Jersey that just ruined a whole bunch of kids. Uh, he didn't kill anybody, but he didn't have to. Uh, Israel Keys, I'd still keep around number two. Mm. Uh, Howard Unruh, number three for me. Walk of Death. Uh, first mass shooter where he, he shot that little boy while he was getting his fucking haircut. Yeah. That kind of, that, that hurt having to talk. Well, not having to talk about that, but talking about it at the timing in my life where my wife was pregnant with my son. And I went, oh, Jesus Christ. This is why I carry a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, uh, yeah, we talked about some fucking scumbags though. He's definitely one of them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, gross. Yeah. It's, uh, We've talked about a, quite a few. My man, I'm gonna I'm gonna warn you right now. <clears throat> uh, next week is probably gonna be the first female to crack the top ten. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Look up the word "cunt" in the dictionary, and you might find a picture next of her next to it. Ah. Okay. Yeah. What a piece of shit. But anyway, we'll talk about that next week. All right. While I'm in Tennessee. And uh, magically. Yes. So, with that being said, head on over to, uh, oh, let's not even go there yet, patreon.com forward slash dark windows, and you can get $5 a month, we'll get you an extra episode every week, except for last week when I was sick. So, you're only getting three technically this month, but I was sick. Whatever. Happens. Um, uh, yeah, we gotta, yeah, we've got to have... How close to 50 or 60 episodes up there by now. I haven't stopped and counted them, but there's a bunch. Maybe. Uh, last one we covered was kind of a bummer uh, because we talked about a war hero that sadly killed himself recently. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to like, we got to find something fun. I've got, I've got a couple lined up that I think could be very interesting. So if you want to find out what they are, five bucks, do it. Yeah. My phone's having seizures, which is great. Um, <laughs> you can also go over to studio.com. Grab some earbuds or some headphones, throw them shits in your cart, 15% off at checkout when you use the code DARKWINDOWS15. You will get the some of the best quality earbuds and headphones you've ever used. Um, not just saying that because they sponsor us. I would use them even if they dropped us. They're that fucking good. I love mine. I've been through, Jesus, a half dozen pairs of earbuds, and it's never been because they stopped working. It's been through negligence and mistakes, but they're fantastic. <laughs> mistakes were made. Uh, only thing I will say is they are not dog proof. So if you have dogs and they like to chew on stuff, keep them away from them. Because that's how I've lost two fucking sets of them now. Ah. Um, I gave my brother-in-law my set of, oh, uh, which ones were they? The earbuds, the headphones, I mean, the little guys. Regions? Yes, I gave him those a couple years ago. And he does, like, landscaping and stuff like that. He's used them, used them to the point that the leather on the ear cups is gone, and they still work. Oh, wow. They still hold a charge like a son of a bitch. He still uses them every day. Wow. They're that good. Uh, then you can also go over to Facebook. We're at Dark Windows Podcast. Um, there's a fan page. There's also a show page. If you go to the show page and you leave a review within the next couple weeks, 
if you mention something in there, like a topic that you want covered, within the next couple weeks, we will get that out as a topic for you for an episode. Just trying to drive home those fucking reviews. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, we're also on Instagram, Dark Windows Pod. We've been waved in the direction of Twitter, Dark Windows Pod as well. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that's that's what we got. And then we're going to record Patreon now. So again, five bucks a month, man. You get an extra episode once a week and you get to hear this one, which is going to be very interesting because I keep hearing people talk about this chat GPT thing, which is an AI thing where you can throw a topic in and say, hey, write me an essay of so many words on this. And this AI will just spit this thing out. I watched it do it. I punched in, um, write me a 5,000 word essay on the topic we're going to cover because I'm not going to tell you guys that because you got to pay to hear it. Um, and I, have no I, I watched on my either. phone as it just went bloop, 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 and it like the screen went up and it just kept fucking typing. It was done in seconds. Wow. It's It wrote like three pages in about a second and a half. It's fucking wild. Okay. So that's what I did with this episode. Okay. So the quality, I don't know, but we're going to find out what AI thinks about it. All right. So it's, it's weird, but um, I'm looking forward to it because I've never heard of it. Yeah. It, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. Huh. Uh, people have, apparently kids have been using it to do their homework. Oh. Um, and I'm assuming that teachers are Cheating. not smart enough to realize that a 13 year old did not write this paper with the language that's in it. Uh-huh. Um, because I'm looking at this and I, I read through it and I'm like, there is no fucking way that I wor- would word anything like this. Because it's just, it's dry. <laughs> Done. Information. Oh. There it is. So th- there's no, there's no personality. There's no soul. It's uh-huh. just, this is what you need. This is your information. Fuck off. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but anyway, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Bye. So long. Thank you.